This is a Woodside Church podcast. Morning. So good to see you. Uh, so yeah, Adrian Corin from Kettering, and uh, I just want to honour, thank you for Woodside Church for being the friends that you are for Martin, the team, Tim and, and others. Uh, we've walked some miles over many years, but I just commend you as a church. We always feel so uh, at home, warmly, warmly welcomed and amongst friends. And that's a really precious thing. So well done. That's all of you playing that part. Uh, all sorts of different shapes. And uh, so um, I've got something I want to preach from Thessalonians, and I have some prophetic thoughts. Um, the advantage of preaching three times is that you can practice and uh, slowly Im- uh, hope. It's not improve, because it's, it's always good, isn't it, Adrian? But uh, also, so prophetically, one of the things that I felt for you as Woodside Church is that you're going to see a youth explosion, an explosion of teenagers in the life of the church. They may not come packaged, they may not come all sorted, um, but they will come with plenty of life and energy. And so I feel like God's saying, get ready, get the nets ready. And then what that may look like, you'll need to work through and, and pray into. But I feel like God's saying, get, get ready, get the garden ready for a whole rush of teenagers growing and being, um, being part of Woodside. Um, but also I feel like God is saying you're a church of, that's going to influence a region, influence nations, and these are going to be like gardens of Woodside. Gardens that are going to have your flavour, but they're going to be gardens that each have their own colour and variety and shrubs in their own right. And so I feel like God is saying, be wise gardeners. Know what the season is and what you need to do. Get ready for the spread of gardens. Gardens along a river. Gardens of fruitfulness and abundance. I don't think that you need to worry that is God blessing us. I want to, you can see God is blessing. God's hand of blessing is upon you, his people in Woodside. And so I want you, whether you're a visitor, a guest, a regular, actually you can soak up, thank you God, because wouldn't it be sad to be living outside of God's hand and blessing and grace. So I want to commend you, commend the church, teenagers and blessing. So there's a a guy in the Bible called Paul and he travels and uh, he goes to many places and knows God's hand and leading. Is that the roast chickens ready or something? (laughs) And uh, as he travels, one of the places he goes to is Thessalonica. And as he's there, he preaches the gospel. Many people become Christians. And as as happens wherever Paul goes, uh, uh, people respond to him in two ways. Some people love it. We receive Jesus. The other people get really cross. What do you mean as a king? We've got an emperor. We're Greeks. We're Romans. We're Jews. We don't need this Jesus. And so half the people follow him and they are drawn to the teaching and they become Christians, followers. The other half become violent and aggressive and they come rushing to the house where Paul's been staying. House, a guy called Jason lives there and they drag Jason out and there's, there's a whole load of argy-bargy and violence and maybe some stonings we don't know people would be killed for following Jesus Paul leaves he sneaks out in the night he travels to some other cities he's traveling with some companions and then he gets this 
we've got to find out what happened with this church in Thessalonica. So over the next 20 minutes or so, I'm going to briefly unpack some highlights of Thessalonians, one chapter one, uh, First Thessalonians, mostly in chapter 1. And so I encourage you to read it, because I won't be able to touch it all. I'm just going to touch some verses that look at the foundations of this church, because Paul sends Timothy back. Timothy goes to this church where Paul was only there, maybe weeks, a few months. What has happened? Timothy comes back with a big smile. Paul says, what's happened? What's up? Do you remember sending one of your family away sometime? Maybe our daughter went to Australia and we phoned. How are you doing? Have you eaten properly? And she comes back and, oh, isn't it good? So Timothy came back to Paul. Paul said, how are they doing? Are they, are they eating properly? Are they? What's happened? Timothy says, it's amazing, Paul. It's amazing. This church has grown. It's thriving. And so Paul writes them a letter, and you can read it in 1 Thessalonians. And so this is what Paul says when he writes to them in this, uh, uh, this letter. He says, you, you became imitators of us, Thessalonians. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. You welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. You welcomed us, you received us, you imitated us, and the joy of the Holy Spirit was in you. And so, and so, and so, in other words, therefore, or because of that, because of what? Because you imitated us and because you received our message with such joy, you've become a, a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Archaea. That's like the whole of East Midlands is now bubbling about Jesus because Woodside received the work of God and with joy of the Holy Spirit. Now the whole region, it's not just like the neighbours around, the whole region is bubbling because you imitated us and because you received our message with the joy of the Spirit. Wow, what could God do amongst us in Woodside as we imitate them, as they imitate Paul, who imitates God? The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Everywhere. It seemed the foundations that Paul laid, the way that they received the work of God, the joy of the Spirit, produced such fruit in them that Paul's saying, everywhere has heard of you. Wouldn't that be great? God, come and do it in us. The foundations he laid were in the church, but a church is made of people. So I want to encourage you, as we look at them, be asking, God, lay that foundation deeper in us. Too, in me too. And it may be you think this Thessalonian church didn't get off to a good start. It may be that you feel too, I've not got off to a good start. And I want to say to you, if you, are, if you were born premature, like I was, and maybe you were born and you were even told that you weren't wanted, that wasn't true for me, but maybe you were told, actually we always wanted a girl or a boy. Oh, we didn't want you. You're a surprise. And you think, I've lived with that. I don't feel like I've got off to the best start either. That God would say, let that chapter, let that lie finish today. Because in him, there are no mistakes. In him, there are no accidental babies. In him, there's call and choice. And the Bible says, before the world was made, he knew us. What if God had always planned and your rejection that I have not been wanted is a lie that God says, I've always planned. And you're here today, and you get to hear the message, and I'm calling you to follow me. Oh, Lord, let that 
be the foundation of our lives. So Paul says to them, you have a strong foundation. And one of the ones he talks to them about is family. Family. Being a family together. You've heard this uh, many times, but the New Testament is full of it. It's not so much full of um, leadership speak, it's full of familiness. So this is what Paul says to them. Remember, they imitated him. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Chapter 2, verse 7, Paul says, we care for you just like a mum. That's family. That's family. We loved you so much. Because we love you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives. I'm sharing my life with you like a mum, says Paul. That was a foundation that made them strong. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel to you. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you. He's like a father. He's like a mother. This is the Apostle Paul who started the church. They've imitated him. So guess what? If they've imitated him, they're being fathers and mothers too. I wonder, does that describe how you are? It's nothing to do with age or or biology and have I got kids or not. Actually, it's to do with a heart that says we love because he loved we live in a world that's full of consumerism. Consumerism says, you're here because I need, because of what I want. You're here to serve my needs. So I didn't get much from the worship team this morning, like it was for us. Okay, consumerism is, we measure, what can you give me? Connection and family is, you're here, get this right way around. Connection says, I'm here because you matter. Consumerism says, you're here because I matter. You would say of the musicians, you're here because I matter. Connection says, I'm here because you matter. And we serve and we love. That's what parents, isn't it, for our children. We don't say, you're here because I matter. It doesn't work like that. So I say, I'm here because you matter. Again and again and again. And Paul was like that. Also, the connection and family connection, he's urging, he's encouraging, he's strengthening, he's sharing with them. We care for you like a mother. All of that is close proximity. This isn't internet parenting. This is loving, dirty, in the nappies, in the dirt, and the, you know, the stuff of life, parenting. I wonder, does that describe who you are in the church? Or is everything a bit distant? So Jesus... Our model became close to us. He wasn't distant. He became like you and I in every way, yet perfect. And in doing that, he showed us what it is to be mother and father and to love and identify. So Paul says, hey, because Thessalonians, you have, you've sunk your um, roots into this foundation of family. That's what's made you strong. And through persecution and deaths and all sorts of stuff that would have gone on, they thrived. So I wonder, how's your connection? How's your connection? Are you here because of what I get? Or are you here because how I can serve? 
And what if God was calling some of us to take a step to think, okay, now this is about what I could contribute and what I could bring. What if God had put you in your office place or your school or wherever, not for what you can get, but hey, the influence I could bring. I could be a father or mother influence. What if God has called you, but you think like teenagers, think, I don't want to grow up, I want to stay at home. What if God this morning is calling you, hey, Wake up, step up, I've called you. You have a difference to make. What if David, the son of Jesse, had said, thank you, Samuel, I know you want to anoint me as king, but hey, I just like playing with sheep. What if, what if you have had call in your life to make a difference, just to one, to two, your workplace, church, wherever it could be? Paul says, because he's father, we've been like a father, You've imitated us, now you be fathers and mothers. He says, Timothy, I could stand, I sent Timothy, I could stand it no longer. Out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. Lord, would you give me that? I wonder, have you got intense longing? Have you got a heart? I just want to be with God's people. I want to. Okay, there's all sorts of ways where we work that out, but do you live with a longing and a stirring, a sense of call and direction, a sense of purpose, or is it just whoever shouts gets you? And so you drift through life. God wants us to live purposefully. So you know, I've been called to my school. I have a longing to serve there. It's hard, but that's where I work it out, or wherever it is for you. God is calling us with fresh longing. Come and anoint us. What if you have influence in Woodside that's part of this wider influence? What if there's a chapter to be written that's yours to write with the elders, the teams? What if you have a part and you're staying at home and being a teenager, as it were? God is waiting to write the chapter. What if there's a nation or a community? What if there's an age group? What if there's one person? Oh, Lord, come and, Lord, I'm in. I mean, I believe God's calling us to take responsibility. Not instead of him, but alongside him. That's what fathers and mothers do. He then talks about this, um, another foundation. And uh, have a look through Thessalonians. There's a number. I've only got time for a couple. He talks about a foundation. There's fire. He says, when you heard our, our preaching, where was it? When you heard our preaching, you're here somewhere. When you heard our preaching, don't go away, will you? It was here. When you heard our preaching. Oh, yeah, yeah. So chapter one, Paul says, when you heard our preaching, conviction broke out. You received us with conviction. You received us with the joy of the Holy Spirit. There was fire in their hearts when they received this word. For the first time, some of the Greeks, some of the Romans have never heard this gospel. They received it with deep conviction, Paul says. There was words and there was power, deep conviction. Friends, a foundation that kept them strong was the presence of God in their lives, in the, not just in a meeting, but in their lives. They were rooted to the spot, deep conviction. I wonder what that felt like. It wasn't just a quick prayer at the end of the morning. God, they, they were, God, we, oh, there was a sense of, I imagine, repentance. I guess there may have even been some emotion, some tears or joy, I don't know, of laughter. But God came amongst them. 
as we welcome and teenagers, however, work of God, sometimes it gets messy. The challenge is sometimes when we get a bit older, we like mess a bit less. I wonder what God would say to us about this Thessalonian church, that they received the work of God with deep conviction and joy. That's what made them strong. May we never be ones. I've moved on from that. So last month or so, I had three dreams, three nights. The first night, a guy called David in my dream, I just met him. Here's the guy that had prayed for me to be baptised in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit, 1982. And the next night, I had another dream of another David, David Stroud. Some of you will know him. And David Stroud in the 90s was quite instrumental, praying for people, a sense of freedom in the Spirit. And so I met him, he had a red jumper, and we talked about worship. The next night, so I had David, David, and I thought, okay, the third night's going to be another day. Oh, no, it was someone called Brian. And this Brian had started the church we were part of in Bishop Stortford. He was a man of the Spirit. And I felt God saying, Adrian, remember your roots. You're a man of the Spirit. And I realized, oh, gosh, Lord, I need to keep true to what you said. I wonder what he might say to you and I again this morning about the Thessalonians. Are we people of fire? Or was that then? And I've moved on now. Actually, it's what made them strong. It's what birthed and they influenced a whole region. He does say this, don't stifle the Holy Spirit. Don't put out the Spirit's fire. In chapter 5, verse 18, says, don't put out the Spirit's fire. If you can put it out, it, it says that there was something there. If you put it, don't put it out. Okay, there is a fire burning, Thessalonians. So Paul, what might put it out? Opposition and persecution. But he also says, don't scoff at prophecies. Don't put out the fire. Hey, don't scoff at prophecies. And we can scoff in different ways. We can think, well, we don't need them. I was brought up in a church, so we've got this. We don't need anything else. And I realised actually prophetic words that encourage, that shape us, they were prophetic words to the churches in Revelation that called them and shaped them and spoke them. And we need the prophetic words. The other way to show contempt is like we want so many of them. We must have prophetic words. What socks do I wear? We must have prophetic words. And so they become, it all gets very sugary and everything's covered in sugar. Paul says, weigh them, test them, test. Don't put out the Spirit's fire. Don't show contempt for prophecies. Test them. If you're going to test something, there has to be some substance, doesn't there? It's quite hard to test sugary stuff. There's just nothing there. Actually, let's be those who bring prophetic words with substance that mean they need to be tested. Sometimes a prophetic word can be a bit of a, a wispy thing. And, and when we, oh, there's nothing really there to get hold of. Let's be those prophetic friends who listen to God. Church, let's seek God during the week. It doesn't have to be spontaneous. God, what do you want to say? Test them. Hold on to what is good. Foundations in them were like fire. They were the, to fan it. They were to, to run with it. They were to not disregard prophecies. You know, Paul says to Timothy, Remember the prophecies made about you. Why? Because by them you might fight the fight of faith and, and not lose your faith and shipwreck it. 1 Timothy 1 verse 9 or so. Remember the prophecies so you won't be shipwrecked. Friends, prophecies for Timothy, for Thessalonians are really important. They keep us. They keep us on track. When everything else is shouting, what has God said? 
I trust that you know them. What if this morning God wanted to ask you again to, do you remember what I said? What if there's stuff for your marriage, for your singleness that you've, oh, it's just been so long, it never happened, that God says, it is me, I'm, I'm coming calling, now's the time. You think, oh, I don't know. Why don't we ask, Holy Spirit, is there stuff you have said to me? Are there words you've said that I need to pick up like Timothy? Remember the prophet. I remember. Was that you? What if there's prophetic things, you, words? You could talk with each other, share them. It's not private, but share them openly in love and group leaders. Or, or I think God's saying this. What do you think? Yeah, I think God's in that. Run with it. Okay, it can be great value in sharing these things. This is what kept this church strong. Another foundation he talked about, if you read 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, Paul talks about the return of Jesus. Now for me, I was brought up this church where we've only got this a lot with Jesus is coming back soon. He's going to come back to the church. We might just be surviving you know, by the tips of our fingernails. If Jesus isn't going to come back soon, he's like, everything's going to be, uh, uh, it's just going to be darkness everywhere. And so that's how I grew up. And I used to think, oh, Jesus, don't come back because I'd like to go to university. And then, Jesus, I want to get married. I'd like to have kids. You know, I think Jesus don't come back, and uh, maybe that was uh, that was how you grew up. Maybe that's how you are. And the other side, which I realised then, you can be. It's I'm so focused on now <clears throat> and what God is doing, I forget that He will come back. So Paul reminds the Thessalonians. This is what he says uh, in chapter one, verse nine and ten. This is what they're imitating. They've heard from Paul. It's kept them strong. <clears throat> they tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath. So he's talking about working and waiting. Working and waiting. We can live all our time. I grew up in that sense we were waiting and there were lots of books. He's, Jesus is going to come back soon. Jesus is saying he's coming back. Or we can live all this way. Actually, let's just get on with what we've got to do. Actually, Paul says, a right mind will keep you strong. Why will it keep you strong? Because when there's persecutions, battles, when you know people that have died for their faith, Thessalonians, you can remember that Jesus will come back and he's the king. And he will call to account and he will raise up and he will reward. Okay, so that makes sense of our working. Because why do this stuff if he's not going to come back? Actually, I can remember, we do this in the light of his return. So it's really important that we have a, a wise response. You've spoken, you've had taken bread and wine this morning. Bread and wine speaks, Jesus is coming back. Do you know that's what you've been doing? As well as receiving him now, we're saying Jesus will come back. Check this out. World, this bread and wine say so Jesus will return. We're not ignorant we don't know when. We had a visitor the other week. It didn't make me laugh. It came up. Sometimes we get these folks. He said, Adrian, can I have a word? Have a word. He says, I think Jesus has shown me. I think God's shown me when he's coming back. So I said, oh, yeah, okay. When and he says, you know, some, someday in March 2022 or something. I said, oh, really? Okay. Because <laughs> Jesus says, actually, I don't, even Jesus doesn't know when. 
And actually what that does is rob people speculate and that we, robs us of our focus and our foundation. Waiting and working are mentioned seven times in five chapters of 1 Thessalonians. I wonder, does that feature in my life too? Waiting and working. So let me finish. Foundations. It kept this church strong and not just surviving but thriving. The whole region was filled. What if God was calling Woodside? Why? That he is calling. What if your invitation comes through me this morning? Hey, you want to be part of this? What if God's saying it's not just about coming on a Sunday, but this is about a connection to a family? What if this is time for me to step up, you and I to step up in what God is calling us? Like, yeah, I, Lord, lead me in this journey of leadership. What if God's calling you in leadership? What if God has a call? What if the aspiration to be an influencer is him and God's saying now's the time? In here, in this church or anywhere, God needs influences all over. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? Can we pray? And this fire of the Spirit, Lord, let your fire come and live in us <clears throat> and I pray can I ask us to stand Holy Spirit why don't you come to God I invite you just be participant even if as a visitor maybe even one that's looking in on Jesus and thinking are you for real you can be praying Jesus are you for real like this guy seems to be saying? You can, you can, it's okay to pray that. Jesus, if you're, are you real? Would you show me? Would you take me on a journey? I want to investigate you. I want to find out more. That's a great prayer to pray. For those of us that have met him, why don't we say, Jesus, would you fill me with your fire? Would you fill me with a foundation that strengthens me? I want to be focused on you. Lord, a sense of family and fathering and mothering. Oh God. If you're married, why don't you take a moment just to offer, God, what do you want to use our marriage? How does our marriage serve your plan? Fill us with fire. What if being a father and mother is literally being a father and mother? Biologically. Adoption, fostering, it could be all sorts. God, let your family, familiness, your fathering come upon us. What if our home, what if your home was used to show family? Jesus, do you want to use our kitchen? Just feel like God might be asking that question of you. Will you let him use your kitchen? Jesus. I just want to pray for married couples. Is there a promise that you've lived with together that you've dismissed, but now's the time to pick it up? 
What if God's moment is now to become fathers and mothers, leadership in the world, in business, in industry, in the church? What if now's the time to start to talk, the journey, talking with other leaders in the church? Is there a way that we could grow in this? We don't want to be takers anymore. Can we serve? Holy Spirit. Come upon us, fill us with your fire. I'm just going to pause a minute, just ask you, invite you. Fire of God, fill me. Why don't you ask him, fire of God, come and fill me. I've grown cold, if I'm honest. It's the stuff I do on the outside. Lord, fill me with fire again. Fill me with fire again. Holy Spirit, fill me with fire. Fill me with fire. Father, Father, just pray your fire on Charlotte. You're a lady of fire. Charlotte, just receive more of God. You're a, biologically I can say you're a carrying mother, a mother to be, but also you're a mother in this church. Both of you, Jamie, Charlotte, you're, you're a mother and father. Just pray God's grace on you. Almost it's nothing you need to do. It's just be who you are. See that people receive you as a father and a mother. Lord, we just pray your grace. Poured out your spirit of grace. Mm. Come, Holy Spirit. We love you, Jesus. Lord, I pray, give us a right focus on your return. Friends, just as we have the Brexit and the elections, and which way, which way, which way, actually Jesus says, I'm the way. I'm the way. And we can have confidence, however things turn out, we can have confidence that Jesus says, I'll build my church. Woodside, you're going to influence a region and nations. I'm calling you as individuals, family together. We can have confidence those things remain. And they strengthen the Thessalonian church and they can cause Woodside too to thrive. So be blessed. I'm going to hand to Martin. And uh, it's been great. Read Thessalonians over the next day or two. Bless you. You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.